welcome our listeners to This Week in Interview. My name is Thompson Fontaine, and This Week in Interview is heard every Wednesday from 8 to 9 p.m. local time in Dominica and the rest of the world on Q95 FM radio station and the Dominican.net radio. Our special guest is Mr. Pat Aaron. Pat Aaron is a Calypso writer par extraordinaire. Pat Aaron has written hundreds and hundreds of Calypsos over his more than 40 years of writing Calypsos in Dominica. Because of his work, we have heard he has in fact crowned more than 10 Calypso monarchs using his songs with more than 10 road match songs. Of course, he's coached the likes and written for the likes of the Mighty Dice. He's written for other greats, and more recently in this year, he has a very powerful song with the vigilante called Inside Out, Back, Back to Front in Dominica. And he's written to, with, to, for the Zai, he's written for the Mighty Spider. So quite an interesting individual, a man who's contributed quite a lot to Calypso development in Dominica. And we're very happy and proud uh, to have Pat Aaron here with us for the entire hour on this week in interview. And we would like to start the discussion by asking him to go back with us over 40 years and give us an idea as to the kinds of people that he wrote with uh, very early on. I know he's written for Zay, for example, and, and Kitter and so on. And if you can just tell us some of the people that he wrote for at the beginning of his uh, career, which continues to go strong. And of course, we must add, even before he comments on this, we must add that uh, Pat Aaron has five of the 10 finalists in this year's competition. Five of the 10 finalists in this year's competition will in fact be singing songs that have been penned by Pat Aaron. And the five finalists, uh, the Bob, the Sai, Solpus, Vigilante, and the Dice. Uh, so five of these individuals will be singing songs that Pat Aaron has written. And we're looking forward to these finals with great anticipation. So Pat, your views. The first song that you wrote? Not really, but I remember the first Calypsonian I worked with was a Calypsonian named um, um, the Mighty Peppy. Mighty um, competed, mm -hmm. Yeah, so you might not have heard about him. He competed in the cities with the, with the time of the guys like uh, Rika, um, um Spider, I think, was around in that time too, Rako. Uh, Ketera, even probably before Ketera, because Ketera was, was at high school time, you know? So, um, yeah, um, from the 60s, yes. From the 60s. So, you've, Pat, you've been at this, at it for the 60s, and, you know, people often talk about overnight success, but a lot of your, of your, I mean, people are more familiar, even me, you know, I'm more familiar with your more recent work with Dice and, and, um, and Hurricane and so on. But you said that you go back to the 1960s. What, what, what gave you that, that desire, Pat, to become a Calypso writer, to actually sit down and, and, and write Calypsos? Well, um, I think it was a very natural thing for us. As kids in, in, my, in my time, that, um, we were young boys and early teenagers, together with guys like, like the Mighty Picky. You know, we, we, that's what we did um, to pass our time. You know, we composed songs on each other. So that was that's how it really started, and then my love for poetry and um, helped me develop uh, the art form. And like you say, practice makes perfect. And I have practiced this um, every day of my life. I can't remember one day in my life that I didn't do some writing. 
so um, it, it bears testimony, it gives um, credence to the tes- testimony to the saying that, you know, practice does make perfect um, uh, to the point where that it becomes second nature. It, 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 it becomes something that you can't even take a break from because it just becomes you. Yeah, interesting, Pat. Um, because I want to ask then, how do you, for example, what, how long would it take you to compose? A, do, do you write, as you said, you write all the time, but in terms of, of coming up with a tune that can capture the imagination of the, of the public, how long does it take you to actually do that? Weeks, sometimes months, but um, more recently over the years, um, since I've been working with so many artists, um, sometimes I work on maybe half a dozen songs at the same time. So uh, I may have half a dozen songs like on my desk working on, and um, you go from one to the other depending on you know the mood that comes, the mo- you know the mood that comes. So you it sends you to this song or that song. You know, but I mean, on an average, I, because I am, I try to be thorough, eh? and um, a song has to pass my personal test before I bring it out of the locker, so to speak. So I would, I would basically say it takes weeks in most cases. In some cases, um, a month or two. Although there are times when you, 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 I don't know if you call it lucky when a, a song will. Um, virtually come to you and you will get it completed in a few days but that's very rare wow so it takes so i i guess you know and i guess pat in a way it calls for a natural gifting uh, natural talent right because i'm trying to imagine if i could ever be able to sit and, and and write like you do and 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 just to be able to capture and i think what what is what is so special about the work that you do it's almost like an artist you're able to capture the mood of the people at the time and and in every song that you've written i mean last year soul post song was phenomenal you know um that song of soul post and this year you you, you have another one with with um you know with this gentleman which we'll, we'll talk about a, a little later on but i wanted to ask um pat going back and, and just looking back because as, as i said you know we have the whole hour so we want to talk about what you've done as well in the past and one of the people that you actually wrote for was the mighty spider and what was it like working with, with such an iconic Calypsonian? Well, Spider had, Spider 2 had a, a, a very special gift there. And I, it, it's very difficult to find a man who loves Calypso like Spider. I think that's all Spider lived for, you know, for, for, um, for singing Calypso. And I, I, I must say, too, that he is one of the my... Uh, what I would call um, mentors when I was a younger kid. And I remember the year Spider came up with Holdings and um, Play Mass, Play Mass. You know, I remember how that kind of season just overwhelmed my whole, all my whole life, overwhelmed my whole, all my time. You know, I mean, that there was a, a certain greatness, you know, about Spider. And um, although I didn't work with him as much as I would have liked to, Yes, but I did get the opportunity to do some work with him. And but um, I, like I would like to mention, mm-hmm. too, though, that the, the first uh, um, guy who I was able to um, to secure the Calypso Crown for would be the mighty Zay, who now lives in St. Martin. And that was in the 70s. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Yes, I've heard of him, and I'm trying to think of the songs. Um 
what what um, song what song got in the crown that year? I think that the song that got in the crown was um I am dangerous. And he also and um he also had uh, uh well we had we had a series of, of, of hits before he, he got the crown. I remember we had one called Kinky Computer Kaiso, which was probably at that time and probably up to today one of the most um, creative calypsos. And then we also had a lot of songs like The Grave Digger and um and a series and um, a series a series of um um, Grave Digger, I think, was a, um, became a kind of sequel. We had a, 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 a follow-up to, on that on that subject matter for a little while. Very political at that time, you know. And um, so, yeah, he was the first person I was able to secure a college of crown with. And I think after that, um, we had guys like the Briggs, uh, who is now um, a priest. And we had Hurricane. Uh, Daddy Chess, uh, Observer, um, King Dice. I don't know, I mean, it's not um, one or two, but this, these are the ones that come Guys, to mind. What about Daddy Chess? Have you worked with um, Daddy yes. Chess before? Oh, yes, yes, we, we, we did work together um, a while. I mean, you know, we did get a come together as well. Daddy Chess and um, Piki, you worked with, with Piki as well, right? Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Um, unfortunately, Piki never really um, gained the, got the carnival crown. Although, uh, although he came very, very close on a few occasions, but he he's one of those who, together, we produced the one of the um, one of his best greatest hits. The song that lasted for the longest, the song called um, Piki Beggar. Oh, okay, which, right, which, right. Which I, beggar. Which I think yes. was which I think was his best money bag because for from. That time, I think it was in the 70s, up to recently, Piki has always made money um, singing a song. I mean, not just in Dominica, but regionally as well. Yes, I, I do remember this one very, very um, vividly. And Pat, you know, throughout all of this, you have, you know, I was keeping count as you as you were talking, and, and some, um, I, I'm, I'm being told that there were some 10, 10 Calypso Monarchs and as many road match um, crowns. Um, which of these Calypsoners that, that you mentioned, which of these that you found the greatest joy in working with? Um, I'm not asking you to choose well, a favorite, I, I just think, the person I, that yeah, you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, Dice and I probably spend the longest time working together. But then you have guys like the Hurricane, who, who you know, who, who, who is phenomenal in, in himself. Me and Hurricane work very closely together. We were musicians together. We, we we competed together, you know, and um, we it was always a pleasure working for Hurricane and Hurricane, like I say, is a is a has been a very keen and astute musician. You, you know, is a very good person to work with. Um, but I think um, among them, probably Dice is the one, especially because of our disparity in ages. So I'm um, he's more like a son, and I'm I'm like a father. So we have developed a father-son relationship and respect, mutual respect, you know. And uh, we've worked um, together longer than any one, any other one that I work with. No wonder he has been able to capture at least four crumbs and five, six wood match crumbs. I don't really keep keep count, you know. Uh, but but also apart from that, no dice has dice has uh, 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 a special talent 
you know, Dwight has, I think, at the edge of everybody else because he's a, he has a kind of perfect tone. He's a good actor. You know, he's a good, um, he's a good, he's a very good singer. He's a very good performer and a, a good artist to work with and a very good student. Uh, which takes me to my next question, Pat. Um, what do you then make of criticism by some that you tend to work uh, more heavily with dies to the exclusion of other singers? In fact, this year there is a song um, called Gangster King or, or one video uh, giving the impression that, that you focus almost all of your attention on dies. Is that, is that uh, criticism warranted? Well, I'm glad you asked a question. You know. I will answer this. I have a few answers for this. Number one, I say, if you want to blame somebody, blame God, because God is the one who gives talent, you know? And um, if um, I was the one giving the talent, I, I would probably be a little selfish and keep some of it for myself. So I didn't give talent. And um, and there's an analogy that I use for um, when people come up with this, because um, actually... Eh, I think that is the artist who I spend the least time with, who I um, probably, I, I, I don't have to, to, to help Dice to learn to sing a song. You, you give Dice a song and Dice takes the song, it becomes his own. And that is, that is where his strength is. So I work much less, much, much less with Dice than I work with all the other artists. But back to the analogy I was talking about, I have another analogy I, I use to, to people. I say to them, you have a cricket team. And you have a fast bowler bowling to your batsman, and you have them on the back foot. And then you have this one batsman who comes on the front foot and hammers this bowler all the time. You understand? I mean, so automatically this man becomes the best batsman. Like there is a Brian Lara, there, is, there has been the Garfield Sobers. You understand? So, so if you, if, um, if that in itself does not explain how what happens between that and myself. I don't know what else will. But like I say, I didn't give talent. And um, I have worked with a lot of artists, and they are, they are all good artists. They are all great artists. But in this is life, and they are always the one who has that edge over everybody else. And it's not because... I spend more time with him is because he naturally has his gift and his talent. And like I say, I, I, I focus, I spend less time on dice than I do with the other artists. Well, that's a, a very important point to make because I've heard the criticisms and I, I always thought that if I get a chance to question you, that that's one of the questions I would like to ask. And, yeah, and, I'm and, always glad when people have this question. I'm always happy to get a chance to explain that again. And I'm glad that you did because the way I view it, Pat, as well, I, I view it as just, you know, the fact that you have a winning combination. Definitely have a winning combination. I mean, he's been crowned four times as king with the songs that you've written. And, um, you know, so I think it's, it's fair to say that, that you've had great success and it only makes sense that you will continue to push forward that, that success that you have with him. Now, but, but also, mm -hmm. also, Thompson, also, um, many times I ask people, too, if you wanted to use any of Mascam artists, if you're doing a show and you wanted to, to use the service of a Mascam artist, which one would you want? And, and people probably go quiet when I ask that because they know what they want to say is dice. <laughs> yes. You understand? So, um, because, I, I mean, because, like, it's a, it's a natural thing. 
I mean, you you find me. I like Bob. Daryl Bob. Bob is probably the best singer in Dominica, you know. Daryl Bob is a, is, a, is a tremendous singer, you know, but he's, when come to um, um, versatility, especially where Calypso is concerned, you find, you know, it's just it's just Dice, you know. Dice has this this tune, especially if you listen to, to Dice's tune on the road on a carnival day. Sometimes there are kids who have songs that have a stronger carnival flavor than Dice, but Dice edges them out because the, because of his tune. You know, he just he just has that, and and he he is very good at at um at presenting. Right, and I think that's what some people miss uh, because even for the last competition, I heard some grumbles. But it seemed to me that from the time Dice, when Dice uh, presented, he presented in such a way that his 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 performance was was really overpowering and, and really very powerful, and that that counts in the whole way that he delivers his his um, his tune and so on. Yeah, I mean, do you know the um, people come to me, and whichever song you I give to other artists, like uh, the, um, a few years ago when Bupre had the most popular song for that year, that was Pirates of the Caribbean. You know how many people say to me, why didn't you give that to Dice? <laughs> you know, every song I give another artist, people say to me, why should I give that to Dice? Like, like it's as if Dice is the only artist. Yes, I've but, heard I've heard the same thing being said about this last song, this song that um Vigilante is doing. I've heard like, that exactly. same. I mean, even even as, as ridiculous as last year when Bull sang Bull Madrid, one person said to me, "I if Dice was singing it all, all, all the song, you know." So, so people, I, I think people just, um, you know, I mean, people just have to talk, I guess. <laughs> I guess, and, and you know, <laughs> and one of the things that that we know Dominicans love is the politics and calypsos, and 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 um, yeah. at this time of year, I'm sure you know, I, I've been listening to a lot of the discussion going on around those those calypsos but 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 i i wanted to ask you because calypso to me embodies society at any given time so for example i was listening to some calypsos of about 10 years ago um like by the dino and and some of these people and i i could reflect on what was happening in dominica around this time and, and, and calypso tends to capture that but other than the than the social sometimes calypso is known for what we would, the term we could use like like it's it's smart and and sometimes derogatory messages and so on in your own line of writing has there been a time when you've ever written a song that you've looked back on and said you know you regret having written because it was it fell into those into those categories um, yes, you know, I, I think I can think of one, um, where, uh, although the idea didn't come from me, but, uh, you know, and, but I also figure too, it's life, and there is the lighter side of life, but, um, I, I have always tried to use Calypso as, um, my history book, so to speak, you know, so, so I write in a way that, like you said a while ago, you can go back in any of the years that I have been writing and, and producing an album, you can listen to the album and in case you forget, you will be reminded of what what um what was uh, the, the the main event, what was society like, what was the political situation in the country at that time. So I look at it as my way of um of uh uh what would I'm looking for um. Recording, uh, the com, recording, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Recording, recording historical events, you know. Yes, uh, 
now in terms of the in terms of the song and let me just tell our listeners in case you're just joining us this is this weekend interview and our special guest um this evening is a legendary song calypso songwriter pat aaron who is with us for the entire hour we will give our listeners a chance we'll open up the lines in about 10 minutes time and give you a chance to uh, call in your questions if you have any um to mr aaron uh, but but I, we mentioned earlier some of the ten or so Calypsonians that you've actually written songs for who have made it to the to have been Calypso monarch. But what what about the lesser known Calypsonians? For example, are there any women that you work with, and 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 who are, who are those people that you actually write for? Well, um, focusing on women, I have done work with a few juniors, a few junior monarchs, or maybe quite a few, I would say. Um, uh, there, then you probably remember Yakima, who had struggled in the in the doldrums of Calypso for many, many years, maybe almost twenty years, and hardly ever got past um, elimination. And I did work with her uh, two or three years, and um, you know was able to make to 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 expose her. A hidden talent to the public to the point where 2009, I believe, she had the most popular song um, for the season. Then there are those like Sugar S, who I, I, who we still work together and who I enjoy working with. There, there's been Sin Sandy, who made a re-entry into the arena a few years back. We worked together for two years, and I, I believe, um, and I, and I say so with no apology. Eh? I believe singing Sandy the last year we worked, or I, or the first year that we worked together. I believe singing Sandy, um, rightfully, should have been the first woman to win the Calypso Crown in Dominica that year that we worked together when she sang um, "Respect for the Black Woman." Okay, I remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So singing Sandy, and um, I'm sure there are a few others, you know, that don't come to mind right now because I, I'm not very good at at. Um, in um, mental history, mm -hmm. uh, but um, yeah, I've worked with um, quite a few other women, and um, you know, it's 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 a pleasure, you know. Oh, oh yes, there's also singing Chinese because uh, back in the 80s when um, the Calypso Association was run by um, myself and NC Trinidad and these guys, we used to have a women's Calypso competition, and I remember singing Chinese was one of my main. Um, uh, female competitors at the time and, and singing Janice who lives in Canada now was always a very very competitive person so yes we were, I've done my share of that um, over the over the years too alright and in terms of the in terms of the lesser known Calypsonian men who are some of those that you've you've, you've, you've worked with um, well I have been able to to let me go back first probably guys like like Son of Sin he too had been struggling in the elimination for several years until we worked together, and I was able to let him make finals a few times. Then there those like um like the Fredo, um the intruder, the father of the the present Calypso monarch Tashadi, mm -hmm. who uh, who had been struggling in the elimination, and we worked together. I think two three years. I was able to make him make finals on two occasions and. Since that time, he hasn't been able to to rise back, um, out of the elimination stage again. Then there are guys like um, currently you have guys like um, Lightning, 
we worked with together this year, and unfortunately, he fell at the quarterfinal because he forgot his song. Um, then you have other guys like um, Educator, who also at one of the years was, was a very, very powerful contender, and then he forgot his song as well. This happened. This seemed to be to happen frequently enough. Then you have um, this year. You have um, Vigilante. Um, there, are, I'm, I'm sure there are quite a few others who don't come to mind at the moment. But um, and and uh, I must say that is one of the things that I I really really should enjoy. Um, getting taking um, artists, especially young artists who otherwise would not get the opportunity to to to, to grace the big stage and or, or who probably would have gone in a in a, in a negative direction to them and you know give them. Uh, a forum to express their, their talent or, or, or whatever it is they want to express, and this is this is the main reason why Shadow Mass Campus formed. And um, the work still, it, it, the, the record speaks for itself, and the work still continues. And certainly, you must be congratulated, Pat, um, in terms of the exposure and and the that you've given some of of those artists. I I heard the lightning myself. Uh, a very good. Good song. In fact, Pat, why don't we do that? Let us play. I'm going to play a little bit of the song by by Vigilante. Um, just to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll continue with the discussion. back with um, Pat. This song is phenomenal. From the first time I heard the song, I fell in love with it. Yeah. 
You know, um, while it was playing, um, um, I remembered also back to the last question you asked about the unknowns. Also, uh, the mighty Lugas, who is now um, has established himself as a as a, a veteran in the business and a, a strong contender in the competition, was also a, a man in the in the elimination bracket who I was able to bring him into prominence into into the you know into the prominence that he now enjoys. Um, yeah, he's he's one of he's one of the the unknown I was able to um bring um forward. Uh, I, I remember two guys who who made the, the um initial injury got their footprint into Calypso like the Beno, you know, who in two thousand nine we worked together and he had he had quite a year the year we worked together. And going back to Scratchy as well, who one year was the was the darling of the Calypso season when we worked together that year. Yeah, so like I say, it's it's been a long journey, and like I say, you know, the record speaks for itself. Yes, and it's fair to say, Pat, that you've dominated this thing. And let me just stay, uh, tell our, our listeners that um, you can, in fact, if you want to join the conversation, you can do so. The number you need to call if you're calling from Dominica is a local number. It is 442-1211. That's 442-1211. If you're calling from overseas, long distance, you can call us at 1-301-327-6154. That's 301-327-6154. You can also reach us on email, radio at thedominican.net, or you can join us on our chat room at thedominican.net with your questions and comments for the man, Pat Aaron. Pat, uh, let me ask you this. Um, you've been in the Calypso business now for some 40 years, and you've seen the evolution, you've seen the change in the Calypso culture over the years. Would you say that Calypso today is better than it was, say, 20, 30, 40 years ago? Well, um, better. I believe it's more informative, yes. I believe um, uh, more educated um, artists have come into the ring. I believe um, the, the, the advent of recordings and the internet and everything here, yeah, I mean, has made a, a big change in the in the, in the presentation of Calypso. But, I mean, you, you cannot underestimate, you know, the, the way Calypso has always been. I remember when I was a kid going to the Winter Park, you know, scaling the walls and stowing like all the, all the young boys to, to, to see the guys in the Calypso finals. Oh, you know, it was always amazing how you know, guys were able to write songs and when they presented the song to the public the first time at the Calypso finals or semi-finals, you were, they were able to gain immediate in and call impact. So this is not something that can be downplayed or overlooked. Overlooked. So, you know? yeah, Pat, yeah. We, know, we, we, have, we, have, we have a first caller, Pat, on the line. Hello, good evening. Yeah. Yes, good evening, caller. You're, you're live. Go ahead, please. Okay. I'd like to know why did Ben with this song about Gangster King? Okay, Pat, did you get this question? No, I didn't. Okay, the question he's asking is why did Benno write the song about Gangster King? Well, um Benno didn't write that song himself. Like that song was written by a police officer. Um who obviously um does not know um 
the story he's writing about. Because um, just yesterday I heard um, Dice in an interview, yesterday the day before, um, explaining away what happened. Because Dice had been out of the Calypso for two years. And when he came in, Harry Woodian, who is a, a videographer in Dominic, Okay, in case you are just joining us, I um, seem to have lost part there. Um, we'll do our best to connect with him again. Um, let's just take a, a quick break as we reconnect there with the man, Pat Aaron. And the legal system are enemies of the state. It's the latest trend in the country. Oi, oi, and the baffling everybody. Ay, yeah, yeah. Those who high in society, they are the ones bringing down the country. Everything is upside down. Yes. Yes. Hold on. Hold on for him one second. Um, did not know what he was talking about. You know, he just um, wrote, I guess, on the way it seemed. You know, but uh, again, that is Calypso. Not, not that I take offense, offensively, because you know that's what Calypso is about. You know, I mean, you know, for I mean, some people might, some people, I'm um, like myself. I would want to know the the facts. Um. On an, on an issue that I'm going to write about, but I guess that's not so important for some other people. So, um, but like I said, um, in, in effect, Benno just sang the song, but he didn't write it. Okay, well, I'm glad that you were able to clear the air on this. Now, Pat, um, in this, uh, in the finals, the finals is scheduled for uh, about, in about a week's time, and yeah, we know... we. On the 8th, February the 8th. We know that um, you have one of the persons that you've written for is obviously Dice as well as Vigilant. Is there anybody else in, in this nine that, that you've, you've well, written for? Yes, 
the of the motherfucker, I've got five um five guys personally, five guys in the finals of ten. And, and on a mass camp level we have six out of ten. So we have like we have the dice, we have Bob, we have Sai, we have Solpus, Vigilante, and we have um, these five, these first five are uh, uh, five who I work with personally and our sixth person is the explosion. And um, we, well, we, we had really hoped um, to, to, to pull seven this time, but that was before the <clears throat> unfortunate mishap experienced by the Black Diamond, who was one of the most um, definite people to make it into, into the finals. But it's all part of the game. It is indeed. And of course, um, you can reach us there. The number you'd like to call, um, you can reach us on the special program with Pad Aaron. If you're calling from Dominica, 442-1211. That's 442-1211. If you're calling from overseas, you can reach us in the studio here at 301-327-6154. That's 301-327-6154. So, Pat, uh, let me say that, that uh, congratulations are indeed in order. As you mentioned, you have already um, five individuals there that you've you've written for and so it must be quite it must give you quite a sense of accomplishment to see the hard work and the dedication that goes into into writing those clips was that five of the people that you wrote for actually made it uh, to the finals well yes um, um definitely it's, it's something um i um we have strived for i mean i must say we because i don't work alone um it's a it's a team effort even the people i write for personally but I mean, I cannot uh, discount or, or forget the work done by my brother Randy. He does the stage presentation for all the artists, not just the ones I write for. He, if, if, uh, he, he either does it or, or, or um, consults with the others on the on, on presentation. And, and I, can, I cannot forget at all the work done by the studios, guy like Freddie Nicholas, uh, Dada. You know, these guys are able to interpret um, my my music and um, enhance it, you know, by their studio and musical production. Um, and then that, that doesn't um, exclude Cornell, although we don't work too much um, nowadays as much as we used to before. Cornell, uh, Dada, um, uh, Freddie, and um, also this year we have Renton, um, Vidal, who has been, who started working for us at our own studio this year, Mascam Studio. And, uh, and on a, a few other occasions, a few other, um, um, other small studios we have done work with. But I must say, our Dominican guys are very talented. And um, they cannot be left out. So I cannot, um, I must always mention these guys because these guys play a significant role in, in the final product of the songs I produce. Yes, I, I must say, I too can attest to that, the, the, the level of talent and dedication and commitment that is shown um, by these by this, by this people. Now, Pat, I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the, the art form itself, the art form of Calypso. And, you know, as we've seen it evolve over the years and, and, um, and the attention that, that has been paid to it now, would you say that, that uh, today, currently, that there's a lot more interest in Calypso than, than there was, say, even five, ten years ago? Um, are more people paying attention to Calypsonians and Calypso? Well, yes. 
although Calypso have always been very dear to the Dominican people, eh? because like I said earlier, when I was a kid, we used to jump over the winter park walls to go and, and listen to Calypso, you know, and, and watch the guys perform. But then that, at that time, Calypso was not as mainstream as it was there, because Calypso was, at that time, was what we call V-neck thing, you know? And then... And then um, I we uh, guys who who offer a, a, a more educated with a more educated background began coming into the calypso. It's, I think it started in the days when guys like Kitara and Raku and um, Everlasting, um, even guys like Gordon Henderson. Um, I remember Duncan Stone and these guys. You know, guys from from every school background. You know, some from SMN Grammar School started um, participating in Calypso and that was very good good for it. So it brought it it, it brought the art form more mainstream. And I must say I don't think there is any country where people love Calypso like Dominica. I mean I, I dare say people are probably more interested in Calypso than they are in politics. And and and, and, and I have a thing saying, you know, that it is easier to become a minister of government in Dominica or prime minister than it is to become a Calypso king. <laughs> interesting enough. That's an interesting um, comparison. And of course, the Calypso competitions, I mean, they're, they're very, very competitive. And which takes me to my next question, Pat. Um, what we've seen over the years is that a lot of the times the Calypsonians, and talking about the art form and the way it's presented to the public, a lot of other times the Calypsonians, they come up with their number one song, the song that will take them through, say, yeah. to, to the finals. And yeah. then the, the people now, they know this one song. They know this one song. And you find that when they come to the finals, they have to sing an additional song. And very often, this song is new. It's, it is kind of new to the public. And you don't see the same kind of involvement by the crowd in those sounds. Um, has that been your observation? Or, or is, that, is that the way it should be done? Or shouldn't the Calypsonians be putting out both of these songs out there to gain the kind of, of popularity and familiarity that is important that will get the crowd involved when they're performing on stage? Well, I mean, ideally, that would be the right approach, except that it is a very costly um, endeavor. You know, I mean, it costs, it costs an analysis probably to get a one song out. And then you, 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 unless you are, you, you feel is an artist who is very, very strong in the competition and is kind of certain or sure to make it through, um, you, you go and invest that kind of money into two songs. And then if you don't make it through, you have invested that money and you've invested more than you're making, you, you, than you're going, than your returns. So that is one concern. Also, the, the time, the time is very short as well. And then we have a limited limited amount of studios because, frankly, I mean, guys like Freddie and Dada, I don't know how they do it because these guys for the months of, like, December, January, February are working every day, day and night to try to produce a song for the amount of artists they have to work for. So these, these are the, 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 um, the, the, the strings that, that are present in, in the production, you know, of two songs. You have the two songs, which cost a lot of money, and then if you fall in the semifinals or quarterfinals, then you spend all this money and you're not going to make your money back. And, um, and, and nowadays, more than ever, I, I, I'm, I'm continually more than ever 
the sale of music is is dwindling rapidly. So it's not like you can really make your money back by 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 selling CDs. So it is really an expensive venture. Yes, you know, in fact, that was my next question, Pat. Um, the whole question of how the Calypsonians, in fact, make it. Because already, if you go online, you can find most of the songs already available online. Most of the popular Calypsos, they are there for everybody to download free of charge. And the question is, how does the Calypsonians, in fact, get to make some money out of this art form? Uh, you don't. I remember uh, maybe about up to about five, six years ago, we, will, we would sell between 800 and 1,000 CDs. But over the past two, three years, you hardly sell free 400 CDs because uh, of the, the um, technology has um, taken over the, 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 the um, industry to the point where, you know, I mean, it's very easy for anybody to get the songs freely. Everybody has a computer, everybody has a CD duplicator, you know, and um, so the, to right now it has become that the idea of recording the song is is dual purpose so the artist can promote himself and in our case and i'm sure we start to, to promote the tent to 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 get the public to come and support the tent but i mean if you if, but the sale making money from the sale of cd is almost non-existent right now but but um is it does does it have anything to do with with when the cities are released because most of the cities are released well sometimes well in this the season um, well, do you think I, I, I believe I believe the earlier you release it is the earlier it gets pirated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I know how I know how um, you know difficult it is, and, and and you know as you said, it's so easy now to 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 dub, to copy, to to send to friends and so on. So it is uh -huh. it is quite challenging. But uh, to the credit, those part the public has been very supportive of the tents. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, even even despite. The hard economic times. I mean, that, and that goes to show, you know, how much Dominican people love the Calypso. And 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 um, he, he, one reason why they love it eh, is because Calypso and the Calypsonians see what people feel, and they otherwise not disposed to see. And I know that, and I'm aware of that. And this is why, no matter how much people tell me, people see how political I am. In writing types, so I, I mean, I, I understand what people want to hear. I understand what people feel. I understand what people want to see and kind of say for themselves. And I understand what it is that draws them. So, um, you, you, you know, I mean, what I mean, it would be unwise of me not to cater to to the needs and the wants of the people who come to support you. Yes, indeed. And uh, what what do you say as well, Pat, to to people who say that? You know, um, the Dominican economy cannot really support adequately two tents, like twice a week, and that it would have been better to have just one tent, probably once a week. Uh, how do you respond to that? Well, there was a time when there was only one tent, but a tent can only support, I would say, maybe 20 to 25 artists. And Dominica has well over 70, 80 um, Calisonians and um, others joining the arena, coming to the arena every year, you have new people coming in. So um, I remember when there was only stardom, I mean, the, the, and, and, and the, the importance of a tent is that there are, there are Calisonians who have been in the business for 25 years, and some of them never went past elimination. 
So they sing, they get to to sing karaoke once a year at elimination, and they fall there, and they wait for the next year to fall at elimination again. And some of them do it for 20, 25 years; they never go beyond that. Mm-hmm. Now, with the advent of the karaoke tents, this um, Saddam tent and Shadong Maftam, it provides a venue for guys to show off their skill and develop their skill, and you know, and, and, and sharpen their art form, and um, show. Um, there, there are there are a few weeks during that eight week, two months or or, or or ten week period where people cannot support the ten day the way they would like to. And sometimes we take a loss, but um, you know, you know, we we do it, we do it. You know, is what is what we like to do. And um, I must say, the Dominican public do come out and support the ten despite. What? The difficult economic time. Well, that's good to know, and I think it speaks to the popularity, as you said, of the art form in Dominica. It's growing popularity. Certainly, I think Calypso is a, a lot more popular today than they were, say, 10 years ago. I mean, I returned to Dominica for the first time last year in 12 years for Carnival, and I was shocked to see the kind of interest and, and, and just the, the involvement of a wide cross-section of the Dominican populace in Calypso, attending those tents and so on, and seeing that, I was presently surprised because when I left, that was not there. We we have a call coming in. Um, Pat, let's take this caller. Hello, good evening, caller. Hey, Thompson, this is... Uh, actually, let me not uh, identify myself here. But I uh, I just wanted to uh, comment on the uh, on the idea of having uh, two tents, Calypso tents in Dominica. Um, I think uh, it's actually healthy for the uh, for the art form. I, I think it's um, it's creating a, a competitive nature among the Californians. And um, I, I just wanted to get a, a feedback from from Pat on that. And are you there, Tom? Yeah, you're breaking up. Yes, go ahead, please. Yeah, but I, yeah, um, yeah. So like I was saying, I I think it's it's great for the art form, and uh, I I really hope that they keep it going and uh, and keep the uh, competition, you know, professional. And I hope that they, these guys can can coexist uh, in that situation and make uh, and make it much better for the council, you know. Okay, Pat, how would you like to respond to this? Well, yes, yes. I mean, the college right on there, the ten does increase the competitiveness of the of the artist. You know, and that's why I say even when we know there are certain weeks like the the week before the quarterfinals and the week before the semifinals when um the shows are not gonna be financially successful. But we do it anyway. And and talking about that I must mention too, you know, um that, you know, it it is it is so then that our corporate citizens I have um, the the common board every year and and sponsor the tents and without them we will not be able to do to do to to do it and in our case I must always commend um, um, our headline sponsors like Lime, uh, Kubuli, you know Scotia Bank and and these these um, these people National Pest Control these people who come on with us no matter how hard it is every year you know they they come on with us because they know they know how important the calypso is. And they know that we, they know we need the support, and and they support us all the time. Okay, thank you very much, Carla. All right, thanks. Thank you. Okay, it's um, already uh, two minutes going down before the hour of uh, eight o'clock. We have another caller on the, the line. Uh, good evening, caller. Yes, good evening. Yes, good evening, and welcome to TDN Radio and this weekend interview. 
Yes, good evening. I have a, a, a comment or rather a question. Um, first of all, let me say I want to support the last caller um, on his point about uh, having two tents because um, it's less about competition between different Californians, but more about promoting the art form, more opportunity. But um, my question for Pat is, uh, what does he think about the release of Carisonian's um, second song, kind of leap in the game? What does he think about um, uh, making sure that the, 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 they release the second song a little bit earlier to give um, listeners and Calypso lovers more familiarity with, with their second song as opposed to just you know playing on the first song all the time and then getting the second one on on night of semifinals and and finals. But well, like I like I explained before, eh, there are a few um, handicaps in, in in that department. For one, the carnival season is very short; they're usually six weeks to eight weeks. Now there's also the availability of um, of studio time as well, because you have um, forty, fifty Calypsonians. Um, fighting for studio time in half a dozen studios, and it takes it takes a, a, a good week or two, sometimes more, to 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 produce one song in the studio to produce it properly. So so there there is the limitation of studio time, there is the, the short period of carnival, and there is also and the fact that the production of a song in the studio is a very costly is a, is a very costly undertaking and. Um, most most time, I think the main problem is guys. You don't want to go and record two songs, which is gonna cost you three, four thousand dollars, and then you take it into the finals. Then you have spent that money, and you're not gonna get back the money. So it it is it is difficult. What 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 I what I see um um could enhance that situation is if um say there was something like uh, a month. You know, because there's usually two weeks between the semifinals and the finals. If there was more time, like a month between the semis and the finals, your guys could record that. Now you know that okay, you into the finals, then you can, um, you can you can probably have your song ready or go to the studio and get your song done quickly, and then the public have a little, a little longer period to uh, to digest the song. But you know, they they they, they are it, it it would be ideal to do that, but um, it's more I think of a financial setback than anything else. All right. Um, thank you very much, Color, for this call. And we are just about out of time, Pat. Let me let me thank you for your time this evening. Thank you for sharing your time with us on this very critical subject of Calypso in Dominica. And let me, on behalf of all Dominica, thank you for the work you continue to to put towards Calypso and the the hard work and effort it must take to give us the kind of quality Calypsos that we have. And as we said, there are five of your Calypsonians that will be singing at the finals, and um, if I would uh, be a guessing man, I would guess that one of these five will be, in fact, be crowned king this year. I won't tell you who my favorite one is, but I, I'm sure that one of the five, I'm quite, uh, well, I can't say I'm well, sure, but there's a very good chance that one of the five will be crowned king. Well, I must say our guys all have very good second songs, and um, our, our intention and our hope be that we could make a sweep and um, with that said, I want to um, remind um, the Calypso lovers, and I know Dominicans are the strongest Calypso lovers in the world, that the mass camp is on on Friday night. And on Friday, we're going to pick five reg of mass camp, most regular people to give um, a couple of free tickets for the champ of the camp, which will be next Thursday. 
which will be next Thursday the 16th. So we want we want to ask people to turn out in numbers and support, you know, and support Mascamp. Stardom is on tonight. Um, Mascamp is on, on Friday night. Come out and and support the uh, one before the last ten before the champ for the camp um, next Thursday. All right. Well, thank you, Pat. I hope, of course, the patrons got this and that they'll be out in, in your numbers not only tonight but also on Friday. And uh, the the good ones, the ones who have been supporting of your camp over the years, will in fact be rewarded for doing so. So again, Pat, let me tell you a very special thank you. It was a ha it was a great discussion, and uh, we certainly look forward to having you again here on TDN Radio. Thank you, Thompson. It was a pleasure, and I look forward to another to another such pleasure. All right, thank you very much. Okay, this okay. was the man there, um, the man Patty Run, with us for the full hour. And um, that's where we end tonight on another edition for another edition of This Week in Interview. Our special guest this week, Pat Aaron. Let me say a very special thank you to our producer, Sam Judge, and to all our listeners to TDN Radio and Q95. Join us again next week at the same time for another edition of This Week in Interview. Bye-bye.